All right, well, welcome to Just Talk, uh, a, a show where we discuss issues at the intersection of faith and public policy. Uh, we're not trying to tell you what to think, but we're trying to give you some things to think about. Uh, I am Essentino Lewis. I'm Leslie Copeland, too. And as always, we are good to, uh, glad to be with you again. Uh, and so we're talking today. So, um, so a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, uh, came for me this morning on Facebook I woke up, I was in my bed, and I was ready to start my day. I opened up my phone, and, uh, and I had a, a post that said, uh, Essentino Lewis Jr., uh, where was your God um, an hour before 58 of my people were shot in Las Vegas? And it went on to say, don't give me a whole bunch of scriptures, and don't talk about a whole lot of the Bible says, but I want to know. Uh, where was your God when all of this was happening? And, uh, and after I got over, over my feelings, and I had some of those, um, I really began to think that that is a question that I'm certain that a lot of people have. And so um, we want to tackle that today. You know, where, where was our God uh, in the midst of Las Vegas and some of the other calamities that we've been seeing? Um, certainly there's Puerto Rico, there's uh, Houston, uh, there's Florida, and, um, and people want to know where God is. And so uh, a couple caveats for this conversation. Uh, clearly, uh, Leslie and I are Christians, and so we believe in the word of God. We believe in who God is. Uh, and so because we may not quote a bunch of scriptures to you today does not mean that that's not our compass, because ultimately uh, the scriptures do uh, speak to who God is and where he is in situations. But we're going to try to break this down a little bit today and, uh, and talk about it. Uh, I guess the second caveat is that uh, we're going to just be okay with saying we don't know on some of these things. You know, one of the, ch the challenges that the church gets into sometimes, I think, is that we think we have to know everything. And when we're talking about a God who is infinite and who the Bible says, I'll start right there, yeah, the, okay. <laughs> the Bible says <laughs> his ways are above our ways and his thoughts are above our thoughts. The truth is that there are some things that we just can't know about God. And so we'll try to piece it together the best we can. So Leslie, you want to have something, have at a little bit? Well, I think, you know, I think it's a, it's a good question. It's, it's a great question. It's a question that, um, happens um, every time I think there's a tragedy, whether it's a natural disaster or something like uh, Las Vegas or um, Sandy Hook mm -hmm. with um, so many children dying, uh, Charleston in, you know, church, in, church, right. yeah, in Bible study, right. prayer, prayer. Right. Um, and so prayer meeting. And so it's, it's hard because you want to think that every time something like that is about to happen, that God is going to intervene and stop it from happening. Right. A, a good friend of mine, I think we've talked about this, her son was killed. And, you know, I wrestled with, okay, how did this happen? Great kid in college, um, trying to break up from what we know uh, a, a antagonistic situation after a party. And he's trying to be the peacekeeper and ended up getting shot. And it was 
difficult. It was hard. It was a lot of questions um, that I had, a lot of heartache. How do you minister to people in a situation like that? What do you say when we don't have all the answers? um, We have some things that we know um, and some things that we trust, uh, but we don't have all the answers. And I think it's a hard place. My pastor from home, from um, Money Earning Mount Vernon, (laughs) uh, W. Franklin Richardson said, some things you don't get over, you just get through. And that helped me, even though it wasn't um, a solution. It wasn't um, the kind of answers that we're always looking for. But sometimes you don't get answers. Right. Sometimes you don't get over, you just get through. I think that's important to... It's, not an easy answer. It's not, I guess it's really not an answer. It's more of a testimony, right? That um, there are things that happen that we want, we don't want there to be tragedy. We don't want there to be uh, suffering in this world. But if we were to go to, you know, Jesus said in this world there will be trials. And I don't say that to make light of it. I say that there's no way for us to live in a world. We don't live in a utopia. We don't live in a situation um, where everybody is perfect. Sin is in the world um, and things happen that um, are unexplainable, unacceptable, right. and it's hard stuff. Yeah. It's hard to deal with. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's the um, the age-old uh, question, the theodicy, right? Theologians would call it that. You know, why do bad things happen to good people? Right. And it's the tension between the notion that we serve a God who is omnipotent and omnipresent and omniscient, that he knows everything, sees everything, uh, and has all power, and yet there is this presence of evil in the world, right? I think the 18th century Scottish philosopher David Hume, let's see if I can get this right, would ask it this way. He would say, um, if God is uh, unable and willing, then it makes him impotent. If he is unwilling but able, it makes him malevolent. And if he is willing and able, then why does evil exist at all, right? And so it's trying to reconcile this notion that we serve a God that's able, um, and yet and still there is evil. You know, the way that I answered my friend this morning is I asked him what it is that he expects of God, right? Is it that we expect God to intervene whenever there is a plan of evil in the world. So, and, and then to what degree does that, where does, how far does that go, right? So does it only exist if, does that expectation only exist if we have an assault rifle in our hand or does it exist when we have one too many drinks or does it exist if we uh, have a thought of saying something in our mind that's going to hurt somebody else's feelings? At what point do we accept responsibility for our own agency? I think one of the great things about being human is that the Lord has entrusted us with free will, right? He, he could have created robots that would do exactly what he wants, exactly when he wants to do it, but he did not do that. He created humans with free will. And so... The reality is that there are, we have options to do evil in the world. And so this guy in Las Vegas decided that he was going to do something that was evil. And he bears the responsibility for that. And I don't lay that at, I choose not to lay that at God's feet. And so then how does kind of free will and how does God's plan, all of those things work together? That's, I think, one of those areas that, you know, we could we could come up with some high-flung philosophy on that, but the truth is 
we're not going to be able to come to a solution on that that satisfies everyone. Right. And so I think, too, one of the other things is that perhaps after Sandy Hook, after Charleston, after all these other tragedies, there was also a moment when we could have put together legislation That's right. um, for sensible gun control That's right. and chose not to. That's right. And so um, who is responsible for that? And, and I would even say even before Sandy Hook absolutely. and before Charleston absolutely. and before Las Vegas, there were some things that we could have done as prophylactic measures to prevent these types of things. Absolutely. Right? And God is just as much a part of that, right? If God is in us and we are uh, his agents in this world, then we have to accept some responsibility for the type of environment that we've created. Right. Uh, and I, I apologize. No, no, no. I think that's absolutely true. I can, I can say, however, that it's not, as Pat Robertson said, because people are disrespecting the president. Right. I mean, that's just crazy <laughs> foolishness. Um, quote me on that yes, because yes. that makes no theological right. sense That's at right. all. That's, That's right. just ridiculous. That's right. But this this way that people try to ascribe certain things when you know the best that we can do as Christians is be discerning about um, what does this mean, what is our role. Um, obviously, praying for um, people who have experienced trauma and trying to to be present if you're in that space, to be present and be a witness in that space, I think is important. But there's some other things that we also need to be asking um, that we also need to take responsibility for. And the free will piece is is really critical. I mean, God doesn't make us do things. You know, we have opportunities. It sounds like, and I know reports are still coming in, but I heard some reports that the shooter had been scoping out some other locations with even bigger crowds, and so, uh, but did not go through with it. So we don't know what kind of rest was happening there or what the thinking was there. But we do know because we can't, you know, we can't go back and change it, which is, it's hard, right? So we are where we are. But if we don't have people, legislators who are now going to do something about it, then we have a responsibility to make sure that, that we vote them out. And That's I don't right. care who they are. That's right. Yeah. And, and in addition to that, we have culpability the next time it happens, Absolutely. right? We can't keep on saying that this is God's problem when there are some things that we need to be doing in order to prevent it from happening again. Um, it's interesting because whenever these in- issues and uh, events take place, there seems to be this scapegoating of God. We want somebody to take responsibility for what happens. And very often when we don't want to take responsibility ourselves, um, we want to place it at another person's feet. Or in this instance, we want to ask God, where were you? My bottom line response to my friend was that God was where he always is. He was among us with a broken heart as he watched us do something that was against and contrary to his desire and his will. God has never left us. God has always been among us. And the question is, well, what are you going to do? It's interesting. I think the other issue isn't really an issue of definition as well. When we were talking, when I was thinking about this as it relates to Puerto Rico, right? Because we were talking about free will. Well, there's no free will with regard to these hurricanes and these uh, these earthquakes. So how do we reconcile that? And I was thinking to myself, I said, part of this is really an, uh, an issue with definitions, right? What we think are bad or what we think are natural disasters are things that make us comfortable or cause calamity for us as 
uh, in our humanity or uh, us as individuals. And I said, is there anything good that comes out of hurricanes? And so I Googled it. I said, well, I said, let me find out, is, are, are hurricanes necessary, right? And so there was this article that was in on uh, the Weather Channel, and it talked about how hurricanes bring rainfall that's needed to some of these places, that they break up bacteria that exist in the ocean, that it, it, it balances the heat index around the world. I Googled again, are, are earthquakes necessary? And there is all kinds of science out there. Some scientists, many scientists describe earthquakes, in fact, as the heartbeat of the earth, that without earthquakes, there would be nothing, the earth could not sustain itself. It would become literally inhabitable. And so what makes these natural events disasters in our minds are the toll they take on populations of people that live in these areas. But but the question has to be asked, could we even sustain ourselves on this earth if there were no hurricanes, if there were no earthquakes, if there were none of these natural events? And the answer would be no. And so I think we've got to and sometimes marvel at what the Lord has done to rejuvenate plants and to, and to create the type of climate that we can live and be sustained in while we are lamenting what those things sometimes do to populations that live in those areas. It's just a, perhaps a different way of thinking about it, things. Yeah, that's definitely a different way of thinking. And I think also um, in places like Houston where that's right. people were uh, in flood zones mm-hmm. and in places where they probably should not have had In buildings. New Orleans where levees could have been, bro- could right. have been built. That's right. right. Um, then we have, there's some other questions. So I think part of what we have to to be thinking about is what can we control as opposed to what we can't control. I think some of the good things that are coming out of Puerto Rico, Houston, um, Florida, and the U.S. Virgin Islands, which we don't hear as much about, Mm -hmm. but is that there's this sense of people wanting to go all in and help and and make sure that people are taken care of and make sure they have what they need. And I think there's, there is some goodness in mm-hmm. that. I think we also have to look at our own responsibility in terms of climate change mm-hmm. and the things that we can control mm-hmm. there. And so... You know, there's a sense in which sometimes we want God to be kind of a spiritual bellhop that just does whatever we, you know, that makes our lives comfortable. Um, But that's not how life is, you know, and that's not how things work. Mm -hmm. And so, and the free will piece, whether it's your own personal struggles or your own personal life, you know, God doesn't impose God's will on us. And so we have to choose to do the right thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, somebody said once that when you point the finger at somebody else, there's always, you know, three fingers, a point or four, how many ever. I guess your thumb doesn't really point back at you, but the other three fingers do. Uh, there are always three fingers pointing back at you. And I think, um, you know, God is the easy target, right? Because we want, and it's not really just in these areas, but very often we find that people want God to fix it. 
And, and, and the church bears some responsibility in this Absolutely. because we preach that. Jesus is going to work it out. Jesus is going to fix it. But the truth is Jesus is not always going to fix your mess, one. And two, there are some times where the Lord empowers us to fix it, right? And we can, we can broaden this on so many levels, but you know we know that some of this gun violence is caused by persons with kind of mental health issues. We know that some of these things are around the racial divisions that exist in our nation. We have some control over that. The Lord has given us the ability to fix some of these challenges. We don't even want to stop people from carrying clips that have, like, why does somebody have 31 guns in a room? Why, why does that exist? That, yeah, and I heard a congressman say, well, some of my friends, I think it was, he was from Oklahoma, um, Cole, I think is his name, but don't quote me there because mm-hmm. I, I could be wrong. But he's like, well, some of my friends collect guns like that. They're collectors. So I don't think there's anything wrong with having right. 40 guns. And you're like, is this, is he kidding? Right. Like, you know, this, like we have to have some just commonsensical mm-hmm. ways of looking at this. Mm-hmm. And I think the other piece is if you're a, um, recipient, right? Like some people cause mass and some people are the recipients of mass, mm-hmm. right? I think there's, um, this is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. There's a lot of different ways in which people are victimized. But even in that, I think that God is still with us and that there are ways to recover from that, right? To recover from maybe somebody else, as you mentioned, alcohol and somebody having issues with alcoholism. And the people who have to deal with that, right? And so that, but God is still there even in that. And I think, you know, part of what we should be doing and what we should be more mindful of doing is trying to recognize when people are struggling with things and need to be held accountable, need to to have extra support, and not to maybe shy away from those conversations as well on both sides, whether they're a victim or whether they're a perpetrator. Like that we need to have these kind of honest conversations why does why do you have so many guns? Like, what's going? Are you okay? What's going on with you? Um, those kinds of conversations, so that we can at least have tried to intervene where mm-hmm. somebody may be headed toward a crisis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what I really want um, to come out of these things because the truth is that these are horrific events that have taken place, and. If they just happen and there's no response, then it makes the situation even worse in my estimation. But what they provide for us is an opportunity to do better. And that's really what I want us to do. And I, and I, I guess I, I say this in particular to believers, right? Because as we talk about the role of God in this, um, the scriptures say to us clearly that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. The Lord has given us, he has given us a power to be able to change and transform the spaces that we're in. It shouldn't be that there is no response from the church on some of these things or a response from people that know the Lord, right? So, if, And so if the question is, where is God in all of this? The answer at least should be that we can see the Lord at work through his people, right? And so we can't be all right with this. We can't be 
tolerant of these things that we're seeing. We should be on the ground, right? And I know that there are churches that are on the ground in these places that have suffered these human uh, crises where, where people are without homes and without electricity. I know that the Lord is active in those spaces. And so, um, and so I'm glad to be able to say that when someone asks me, where is the Lord in this, that we can turn on the television, we can read the articles, we can listen to the stories of the Lord at work in people's lives through some difficult situations. Yeah, and I want to um, also just say, we I want to push us to, to be more courageous than we are, yes. to be more informed maybe than we are. I mean, if you hear Pat Robertson say, well, God is punishing people, like how does that even make sense, mm-hmm. right? To find out information, to to not just accept, well, it's the Second Amendment, there's nothing we can do, to be responsible citizens as well as witnesses to who God is. Like, that is not consistent with God's character. So what is it that you're actually saying about God in that? Right, You know, and and so we have to to hold each other responsible uh, to do better and not do sloppy lazy, trifling yeah. theology yeah. that and, makes no sense. And in all, in all fairness, and I don't know how this is going to sound, but, <laughs> but in all fairness, we also have to just stop just quoting scripture at a bunch of people. Like we just got to, we got to stop doing that. And, and, and I, even though I was, again, I was offended by the framing of the question that my friend uh, asked me, I appreciated it because there are a lot of people that want to know, okay, just stop quoting a bunch of scripture to me about how this is how this makes sense right because we know that it, it doesn't always make sense right and so i think his his question if i can translate it in a way that is <laughs> acceptable to me <laughs> is is you know i want you to be real with me about this i really i'm i'm i have some questions about this i want you to be real with me and 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 don't just quote a bunch of platitudes don't just say uh, don't don't just Tell me what you have heard, but I want you to help me to understand this. And so I tried to do that the best way I could. And and I think part of it is really being able to say, honestly, look, I don't know how all these pieces fit together. I don't know why the Lord has allowed this, because the truth is, it's something that the Lord allows. The Lord could intervene. We know that. But the Lord has allowed it. And so, you know, one of the things that I am... I am satisfied to do is to trust the Lord. You know, it's one interesting thing about faith. You can't have faith without having faith, right? Right, You can't believe without it. And and so I choose, I choose to believe that God is benevolent. I choose to believe that he is good. I choose to believe that all things work together for good. I choose to believe that there is a plan that is beyond my understanding. And that's a choice that all of us have to make at the end of the day, to believe that or not. Um, But that's the worldview that I have. And so then I can then reconcile that with a God who is all-powerful and yet still gives us agency and still expects and requires some things of us such that it doesn't require me to blame him for everything that happens in the world around. Right, 
Right. And I think, too, that it's important that we, the people who know scripture can go to scripture. That's and right. sometimes we feel like we have to just hurl, especially, you know, from a Baptist tradition, it's like you got to hurl every possible scripture, you know, at people. Um, and sometimes be the scripture. That's right. You know, be in that space with people so that people can negotiate difficult situations and suffering without having to throw scripture at them right. um, in ways that they can't receive in the moment. That's right. And I think God is still honored in that. That's you right. You know, um, sit with people, let people cry, let people wrestle, let people send you Facebook messages that want make you want to cuss at them and <laughs> <laughs> block them, you know. But understand that the questions that people have from us are no greater than the ones that they actually have for God. So can you be in that space with That's them? That's right. And the truth is, there are questions that many of us had. Yeah. Right? If your loved one was in Las Vegas That's at right. that concert, That's you've right. got some questions. That's right. You know, That's right. if, you're, if you were um, in Charleston, if your loved one was at church and prayer service, That's you've right. got questions. That's right. Um, and on and on and on. And there there's nothing wrong with having there's questions. There's nothing wrong with God can with handle questions. our questions. There's nothing wrong That's with right. the questions. Yes. That's right. That's right. Well, I think that's I think that's a, a good way to treat this. I think we have um, uh, done the best we can as we've sought to wrestle with it, and we want to encourage you as well that uh, if you have any feedback, if you want have anything that you want to share, please uh, feel free to hit us up by email. You can send it to just talk j u s t a l k at gmail dot com. Uh, you can go to the website justtalk.com, and uh, and we'll be happy to kind of wrestle with this a little bit more. Uh, but we do thank you for being with us today. Uh, again, I'm S. Tino Lewis. I'm Leslie Copeland too. And we look forward to talking to you again next time. Take care. Bye bye. God bless.